All right. Okay, are we ready to settle down with the service? <laughs> a lot of talking going on. A lot of sharing. Stop that sharing. <laughs> yeah, but pastor, this is the big easy. We get started eventually. I, I understand. I understand. Okay, uh, our order of service this morning is uh, page 167 in your uh, LSB. And uh, we will uh, we'll open with the confession and absolution on page 167. Please rise. Oops. Didn't make it up there. In the beginning, uh, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we do confess that we are anxious in the unknown We have sinned against you in all our word and deed. We have not what we have done. 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 We have not what we Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated as we continue with the entrance hymn, hymn 908.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. From the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. This holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. We continue on page 172. The Lord be with you. pray. Eternal Lord, your kingdom has broken into our troubles. Through the life, death, and resurrection of your Son, help us to hear your word and obey it, so that we become instruments of your redeeming love. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the reading. The first reading is from the 20th chapter of Exodus. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven, above or on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord.
and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are
The second reading is from the first chapter of 1 Corinthians. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to those to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. We rise to the Lenten verse. gospel is taken from St. John, the second chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle, he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, Get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple and I will raise it up. Again in three days. They replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and are you going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. This is the gospel of the Lord. 
praise to you, Christ. The hymn of the day, hymn 530. Please be seated. God's grace, His mercy, and His peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. These texts are full of great wisdom for us. Um, we do have the Ten Commandments for us, and then we have an explanation in the Psalms, which of course uh, explain the breadth and the width of God's wisdom and God's words, uh, and then the measure of them. And then it says this, it says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is, is sure, making the wise, uh, making wise the simple. And this, I think, would be a thumbnail of what um, of the, the what I would like for us to gain from these texts today. Um, it just seems to me in a world of people trying to find their way that a simple life is indeed the the best way to go. What does that mean? Well, it means 
listening to the Ten Commandments because the Ten Commandments kind of give us an assurance, if you will, that this is what God expects. Now, can we obey the Ten Commandments? No. We can't even get started obeying the Ten Commandments. However, it gives us a direction in which to go, and it's an assuring direction in a world of, well, what does God expect from me? And when we try to do that, and especially when we take a look at the summary that Jesus himself put out, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and the second is likened to it, love your neighbor as yourself, so love your, love your God first and, your, and love yourself third, after you love your neighbor, as much as you love yourself, that fills our plates with how we are to proceed. But that doesn't give us all the assurance that we need. And, uh, and that's where we have uh, our lessons once again aid us, because when you go into 1 Corinthians, it says stuff like this. I will destroy wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolishness the wisdom of this world? Or since in the wisdom of, this, of the world, God, uh, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. And so here you have this. If somebody has ever called you foolish for being a Christian, then they're absolutely right. Because God did that on purpose. Well, who became, uh, who became our salvation? Christ, the Son of God who was not and then was. You see, and God made something that wasn't he made that our salvation. Was Jesus despised? Yes, in Isaiah it says he was despised, forsaken. But it also says that he took our stripes. Here's where the assurance comes in. Because when we look at the Ten Commandments and we realize we can't obey the Ten Commandments, but we still take comfort in knowing that this is the direction that God wants us to go, and if we really do go that way, look, you know, take, don't, don't put yourself first, put others first. Serve. And if you think about that just in human terms, we have lots of sayings, it is better to give than it is to receive, right? We serve one another. The family is all about serving each other. It's not about me. And there's wisdom in that. God set up our society to where we need one another and we serve one another. And in that, do we find our purpose? Serving God. Serving one another. There it is. The summary of the Ten Commandments. And so, it is not an individual mandate that we have although for each person 
It is my duty to serve you, not myself. If I serve myself, I can, you know, eventually get sick of doing that, right? You can get sick of serving yourself. You can get sick of being selfish. You can. I wish people would hit that point a lot earlier, and we would, we would get the idea of serving one another better. I mean, if that was the case, then, then um, I think maybe, you know, the pandemic would probably go away sooner. Just think about serving other people, and maybe that's why uh, we might uh, do things, not for our own benefits, for our own needs, but for the needs of others, the pastor says, not wearing a mask. But of course, then, you couldn't hear me. Uh, if I was wearing a mask. But having said, oh, by the way, I've had both my shots. So there you go. Got my rabies shots. Should get a, I should get a little tag around my uh, collar, right? Got the collar. Get a little rabies shot thing, a little pandemic shot deal. Yeah, I've got a card in my wallet. But anyway... We digress. This is not the sermon, but when we talk about serving others and, and all of those things, you realize that, that you become happier with yourself because, because your ideas are apart from just you and what you need. And God asks us to do that. Uh, but once again, what did he do so that we are free to not worry about where we're going or whether we're pleasing God. And the, the point is, I guess, is that God says, well, you didn't do anything, and you're not going to do anything, and you can't do anything because Jesus did it all. Jesus, the foolish one, Jesus, the one who came and who lived perfect and then who suffered and died. He became the once for all sacrifice. If that were not so, then this whole church would be completely different. There would be a stack that would be, you know, shooting up through the, the deal there. You'd have to bring your lambs and your, and your cows or your bulls. Uh, you'd have to bring your doves. You'd have to bring all of that stuff, and we would have to sacrifice those things so that God would forgive our sins, and that would be a ritual that we would have to do constantly. You think about it that way, and you realize how convenient, dare I say that word, God has made it for us. Was it convenient for him? No, death is not convenient, especially when it is done totally for sinners and those people who don't understand. And in many ways, we don't. We can't appreciate and we don't understand. Well, how do you say that, Pastor? Well, I don't know. We make our own rules and regulations, and somehow in the church, we try to teach people that the obedience of these rules. Well, you know, doesn't that make you feel better? You know, you come to church, you belong to church, you jump through the church hoops. Doesn't that make you feel better? Sinner who hasn't gone to church for years? 
and now you're here, and now you know that God must love you because, you know, you've jumped through all the hoops. Now you feel good, and you feel attached, and all of those things. That's kind of what happened, I guess, a little bit, um, you know, when Jesus entered the temple courts. You know those temple courts was a place of worship, right? But imagine, imagine Jesus entering the temple courts where he expected to see people praising, yes, even him, God. And what did he, what met his eyes? A marketplace. Tens of animals. Now these animals were approved by the church because they were spotless. They were, they were perfect. They were good for sacrifice. You see? So, uh, once again, convenience, and I don't know if we wouldn't think of some, you know, fundraising type things, you know, churches could do that, right? You could think up a fundraising thing. How could we do it? Well, if we kept our own livestock, and we could, we could uh, inspect them, and we could say, yes, these are accept acceptable to God, then you could come from wherever it is you're going to come from, you could come to the temple, and you could pay for those, not with your own sinful money. No, we, what we will do is we will trade you the, your sinful money for temple money, right? At a small service fee, of course. And then with that money, you could buy these spotless animals and then proceed up and make your sacrifice all knowing that God would accept all of this. And yet we have Jesus coming in here, and, and if you look at it, it's kind of like you know somebody who's untrained could say, wow, Jesus had a temper, didn't he? Anger management maybe for Jesus, huh? He makes up a cord, uh, and, and he, starts, he starts swinging it around, and he starts, you know, I mean, he made a scene at church. The church, the temple. Where it all happened, where it all was supposed to be, he upset them. And of course, you know, the, the answer that comes out from them who are upset and shaken is, we've never done it this way before. How, are, how is it that you come in here and you upset the apple cart and all this stuff? We had everything all planned and everything like this, and you come in and you have disturbed our church. You've disturbed the way we do things. The accepted way, by the way, that we have done things for years. And Jesus says, you don't get what you're doing, do you? You're in here, and you are, uh, you're, you've made my house of prayer, you've made it a marketplace. You know what animals do if you pen them up? In a, in a, do I need to explain it to you? No. Good. And that's all happening in God's place of prayer, and, and Gentiles who would be following God, would walk in there, and maybe they'd have to watch where they step in God's house. And God is saying, this ought not to be. 
How is it that you can't set this out outside somewhere? Why does it have to be in my house? Because you're not considering the Gentiles, whom I've also come to call. You, you're just completely, you've turned a church into something that's anti-me. Could that be going on even today? Listening to God is the most important thing. The Ten Commandments is the most important thing. Not, oh yeah, we have the Ten Commandments, but, but oh, we've got all of these other rules, that if you obey all these other rules, you can be sure that God loves you. And if you don't, whew, you better get up to speed, or else God won't love you as much. I don't know, have you ever bitten off of that apple? Huh? Maybe if I did this, God would love me more. It's an easy one to fall into. But you forget God already loved you all the way to death. Death on the cross. What a horrible death that is. We haven't had any crucifixions lately, so we haven't been able to observe how horrible that is. But the Romans, boy, they thought of the most devious ways of killing somebody. Long, drawn-out ways. And Jesus was a, was a recipient of one of the worst. And then, if that wasn't enough, Jesus experienced separation from God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, in doing so, experienced condemnation. Condemnation that you and I otherwise would experience. This was a great sacrifice. The end of all sacrifices. No one, no one could foreseen that happening. And I always say this, we would have ruined it had we saw it coming. Right? God would come up to you and say, here's my plan. In order for you to come to heaven, I'm going to have to sacrifice my son for you. And our response would be, oh, no, 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 don't do that. I couldn't live with anybody being sacrificed for me. And in doing so, you would condemn yourself and you would condemn the whole world. Because this had to be done. The perfect sacrifice had to be done. Christ suffered and died for us. And we, we simple people became wise unto salvation. Why? Because God gave us that gift. God is the one who chooses, not us. But that doesn't stop the world and even God's children from choosing and trying to make choices and trying to become better and perhaps even trying to merit God's love. And you know this, when somebody gets so upset that they, that they say, why is God doing this to me? Haven't I gone to church all these years? Look at all the offerings I've given. Look at all the, the committees I've served on. Look at all of the work I've done for the church. And look how God treats me. God would say, you're off base. Because for you and for me today, know this. That the Ten Commandments are there in full force. But who does it condemn? 
It condemns those people who look at this and say, look at this foolishness, and who try to find their own way. And those people should not be among you. You should understand that is the suffering, the death of Jesus Christ for you on the cross. That is what makes you a child of God. And Jesus, who is the judge now, he was the sacrifice, and now he is the one who judges. He knows very well who he suffered and died on the cross for. Indeed, he died for the whole world, but not everybody is going to welcome Jesus. They're going to use Jesus as a cuss word, right? Oh, we hear it all the time. I don't believe in Jesus, but I will, when I get surprised, I will say his name. Right? J.C. this and, and oh. Right? It's used as a byword, the sacrifice for all. Well, what do we, where do we go from here? Continue to believe. Stay in the faith. The faith that God gave you. Realize little things that seem to pop out even in the nation's and the world's press, like the Pope going to Middle East. And what did the Pope say? The Pope said to Jews and to Muslims and to Christians, we have a common heritage. Abraham, right? So, don't say, you know, all of the religion and all that stuff was just, you know, tomfoolery and all made up. Because there was somebody named Abraham that three of the main religions in the world draw their ancestry from. Abraham. How is this possible if Abraham never existed? Just a little, just a little hint there. Something that you can say to Christians, to Jews, and to Muslims that completely capture their attention. Why? Because they all believe Abraham existed. And who called Abraham? God the Father. And he sent him to this place that he was going to give to them. And that's where they are now in the Holy Land. That place but let's not get distracted by Jerusalem, by that place. Let's not get distracted by churches and, and by sin and by natural disasters and all of those things. Let us keep firm in the faith that God has given us, knowing that, that whatever befalls us, and it may seem Cruel, Just like those people looked at Jesus and said, Man, this guy's got anger problems. Jesus did that for a reason, and for a very good reason. And if something happens to you, or to me, or what have you, realize that it falls under the plan of God, that one day we are going to, we are going to go to heaven. And in order for us to go to heaven, where do we have to leave? We have to leave here. We have to leave our bodies as we know them. We have to trade something that we have here and hold dearest for something better, which takes that faith 
which takes the faith that God gives us, faith in God that His Word once again will be true. That's why it says, and we sang that, that psalm, and it seemed to go on forever, but this psalm was great, wasn't it? I was reading that, I was going, uh, thank you, Jesus. Because it was talking about uh, more to be desired than, than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and its drippings of the honeycomb. I, I don't think I would really enjoy that that much. But when I read this, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm in the market for some honey. But God's word and God's righteousness and God's purity is far better than any of this stuff. And, and if, if it's not honey that you like, what is it that you do like that you would trade for your salvation? Well, that's a question, isn't it? What about people who used to go to church, who were Christians, but then this happened and that happened? And then they said, ah, I'm not so sure I believe in God anymore. What did they trade? What are they trading for salvation, for everlasting life? And you know what? We could think about that. We could go down that rabbit hole. But in the end, what we have to do is we have to go back to the fact that this whole world exists because God spoke and it came into existence. And then God put in our hearts the law. And so when it says that we should love God and love our neighbor as ourselves, we should listen to that and just go with that. And, and that's just good rules to follow, right? To be good. It's just good, common sense. And we don't have to worry about being so good that God will look down and notice us. He already noticed us from the cross. And not for our goodness, but for our sin. And then he suffered and he died for us so that we could be made spotless before him. So now we live as the lambs of God, right? Ready for sacrifice. And how do you sacrifice? You sacrifice by not demanding that pound of flesh, by forgiving one another, by loving one another. This is a sacrifice that is uh, pleasing to God. It is a pleasing aroma because it sets us apart from those people who look for themselves, know that God looks out for us and we know that no matter how hard a row we have to hoe God is there and we are his children and nothing will change that no one nothing can take you out of God's hands I'll make one revision only you can take you out of God's hands only you can forget and, and get psyched out enough about the world and about how you fit in this world where you begin to doubt God and you say there is no God. That's the only way. Otherwise, there's no way. No one can take you out of God's hands. No one can condemn you enough to where God turns his back on you because God will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, it's more about whose you are than about what you do. Just think about that. And mostly, importantly, it's about what Christ has done and how he did it. And, of course, 
he did it well because God himself says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And so we do. Live simple lives, listening to God. Love him. Love one another. Amen. And now, having heard God's word, we make our Christian confession in this fellowship by the words of the Nicene Creed. On page 174, we rise. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only God and Son of God, the God and His Father before our Lord, God and God, light and light, very God, very God, He died in my faith, being of one substance with the Father, like of all things remain, so for us again and for our salvation, He came down from heaven. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in one holy Christian apostolic church. I Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, our jealous God, save the third and fourth generations that will come after us from your punishment by filling us with your son's zeal for your house in these Lenten days, that we may cast out every idol from our hearts and love only you and your commandments. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, our God, you have brought us out of slavery to sin through G for Christ Jesus, whom you have made to be our wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Bless all those whom you send to preach Christ crucified to us, that we may ever know and live the truth of your power in the cross. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, preserve and bless all Christian households that husbands and wives would live in love and service to each other, that fathers and mothers would diligently bring up their children in your fear, and that children would honor their parents and be well equipped for service to their neighbors in this life. Lord, in your mercy. Yeah. Of the perfect law, you have called us to honor our parents and other authorities that it might go well with us in our land. Bless all of those people who watch over us and govern us in your stead. Make them wise in your ways that your justice may be upheld among us and help us to serve and obey them in accordance with your will. Lord, in your mercy. Yeah. O God, whose steadfast love in Christ is good, turn in your abundant mercy to 
all of those who suffer in our midst, that the flood may not sweep them over, uh, nor the pit close its mouth um, around them. We pray especially for those people who um, uh, we have in our list of, of um, supplicants, Brandy Ware, Michael Bracado, Hannah Simon, Marilyn Funderburg, Mark Legrand, Chuck Aldridge, Kev Kelvin Hensler, Charlene Mathis, Dennis Darcy, Carrie Pierre, Barbara Modrajewski, Carol Perkle, Leoneka, Leoneka Ruffin, Yvonne Ferrand, Lisa Bardwell, Cheryl Rodrigue, Shirley Mansfield, Joe Anderson, Cindy Harper, Patty Smart, Sarah Fleming, Lois Gephardt, Susan Nielsen, Cass Mardrudruski, Emily Duet, Bruce Johnson, Paul Bates, Charles Arnold, Chad Sherman, Esperanza Gonzalez, Mariano Martinez, Linda Lilly, Al Bettisworth, John Knorr, Carter Beckwith, and Sally Doerr. Deliver them from sinking into the mire and deep waters and Grant them healing, comfort, and peace. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, you bless this day and make it holy with your word and the gifts of your altar. Grant us to come before you in humble repentance to eat your son's body and blood that we may not boast in ourselves in your presence, but in Christ alone. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, our rock and redeemer, as three days after the temple of your son's body was destroyed by wicked men, he raised it up again. Grant that on the last day we and all saints who now rest in your presence may share in the glory of his resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you know we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. As we have made um, opportunity for the offerings to be received, we now continue with the offertory on page 176. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life 
as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we may be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and in truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gather in the name and remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and His kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship. With the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night He was betrayed, took bread when He had given thanks. He broke it and gave it to His disciples. He said, Take eat. This is my body given for you this do in remembrance of me in the same way also he took the cup after supper when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink of it all of you this cup is the new testament in my body which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen, Lord Jesus. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the sin of our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we do to those who trespass against us. And then this is not the temptation, but deliver us from evil. But thy is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all.
Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his favor upon you and give you his peace. We close with hymn 865. Please be Announcements. Council meeting um, at uh, the end of service. You get your coffee and come back. Okay. Um, and uh, yes, we have uh, refreshments over there in Schoenhart Hall. Is that right, Schoenhart? Okay. Huh? I, I don't know that I ever mispronounced it. I just never said it. I don't think. <laughs> think I have ever. I'm not sure, but Schoenhart Hall has our uh, our goodies and and that sort of thing and uh uh so yep gather your stuff together council for a short meeting it should be a relatively short meeting and then the rest of you uh can lollygag around in there at your leisure until it's time to come in here and you know we were talking about doing another thing but we didn't finish did we we still oh no we we still finished esther we got to finish esther we got to finish her off today. Sorry, dear, I'm not. <laughs> her name's Esther, for those who don't know. We're not talking about you. But, uh, but, well, there you go. 
There you go. So don't any of you try anything, because I'm not guilty. Um, what else? What else do we have? Anything else? Anything else coming up? Okay. Uh, and with that, we rise for the mission statement. As believers in Christ, St. Stephen Lutheran Church is committed to serving God by sharing the good news of Christ with all people. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thank you, God.